This podcast is offered by Jikoji Zen Center on the web at jikoji.org. Our programs are made possible by donations from people like you. So to start uh, on this uh, mournful day, uh, suffusing love over the entire world with um, the 30 people in these two shootings that have died and the 42 that have been injured and the countless thousands mourning, mourning all this um, I don't know what we can say except to persist and with this efforts we have. Uh, today I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit about the first uh, fascicle in Dogen Shobogenzo. It's called Bendoa and Ben means to make an effort or pursue. It's a good definition for Ben. <laughs> uh, do in this context is truth and wa is a story or a talk. So it's to make an effort or to pursue the truth, a talk on this effort. And Dogen uh, wrote this uh, fascicle um, In early in his uh, career in, back in Japan, uh, where he brought Zen to Japan. Uh, so he was like a first generation Zen teacher in Japan and bringing this uh, new way to, uh, to Japan. So he was like the first wave in Japan. And uh, I think. Uh, many of us were able to study with the first wave here in the, in the West, um, or it, that stretches over quite a period of time from maybe the late 1800s to um, pretty recently. So Buddhism is still new here, but um, I, I just wanted to share a little bit on this uh, fascicle on, because uh, he talks about Zazen. So according to the Nishijima and cross uh, translation of the Shobogenzo in this fascicle, he, they say, uh, Dogen said that when the Buddha Tathagatas, each having received the one-to-one -one transmission of this splendid Dharma, they experience the supreme state of Bodhi, they possess a subtle method which is supreme and without intention, a way that is experienced without intention. And uh, the Lou Richmond and Kaz Tanahashi translation says, uh, instead of without intention, they say it's unconditioned. This Dharma is abundantly present in each human being, as if it, but if we do not practice it, it does not manifest itself. If we do not experience it, it cannot be realized. A 
Lou Richmond and Kaz Tanahashi uh, translate to this last sentence. Instead of uh, "we do not experience," if we do not experience it, it cannot be realized. They say it. If it is not re actualized without practice, it is not experienced without realization. So I'm not sure what comes first. Um, according to the first translation, you have to experience it to realize it. And uh, according to Lou Richmond and Kaz, they, they said, if it is not experienced, you can't realize it. Or, or you, without realization, you can't experience it. So, um, what comes first, uh, the experience or the realization? Um, so, I'm going to digress here to um, talk about gravity because uh, gravity is something we all, uh, every moment of our day, we can experience. And yet, gravity is not understood. Uh, in a couple of days ago in the Washington Post, uh, Richard Panek wrote a, a little article about gravity. And he says um, that to the average person, ask the question, um, uh, we don't know what gravity is. The average person will probably say something like, what are you talking about? Gravity is the force of attraction that makes all things fall straight down. But this question of what is gravity, do you know, we don't know what gravity is, physicists will respond, that's right, we don't. We don't know what gravity is. <clears throat> physicists know that nobody knows what gravity is because they know that they don't know what gravity is. <laughs> Unless you think hard about gravity, your brain does what it, it is evolved to do. It associates gravity with our relationship to the ground beneath our feet. We don't have to think about gravity because we know it in our bones. And, and uh, ballet dancers and gymnasts and, and uh, others make an art of this relationship with gravity. So uh, gravity is uh, that we can feel the effects of uh, is a force or whatever it is that um, is part of the four forces of that physicists know about the strong force that the atomic force the uh, electromagnetic force, the weak force, and then gravity. Now, um, the strong force is a hundred times stronger than the electromagnetic force. Uh, electromagnetic force is 10,000 times stronger than the weak force. And the weak force is a million, billion, billion, billion times weaker, stronger than gravity. So uh, that makes uh, gravity uh, quite weak, and yet we get to experience it, and maybe even realize what, what gravity is in our relationship with it. And yet, 
the strong force is uh, 39 orders of magnitude stronger than gravity. So uh, we're dealing with very subtle things. So while we sit and take this uh, noble pose in Zazen, uh, we can feel how gravity affects this eight pounds on top of our shoulders and how it affects our shoulders and our back and the rest of our body, even our hand. I find my hands sometimes slowly working their way down. Um, and a, a magnet's not going to help me keep it up unless I maybe get some iron under it or something and then maybe it's a way to hold it in place. But it takes intention. In the authentic tradition of our heritage, it is said that this directly transmitted, straightforward Buddha Dharma is the unsurpassable of the unsurpassable. From the first time you meet a master without depending on incense offering, bowing, chanting Buddha's names, repentance, or reading scriptures, just wholeheartedly sit and thus drop off drop away body and mind. Sit erect as kings of the Bodhi tree. And that this is what Dogen said. So um, for each of us, no matter what our station, we can uh, embody this imperial pose, um, this noble pose. Now what do we do with this noble pose once we have it. We open sutras to clarify the criteria that the Buddha taught of instantaneous and gradual practice, and those who practice according to the teaching are invariably caused to attain the state of real experience. This is completely different from aspiring to the virtue of attainment of Bodhi by vainly exhausting our intellect. So practicing according to this teaching, this, this practice of our sitting, it causes us to attain the state of real experience. And we get to taste this real experience. Lou Richmond and Kaz translate Dogen further and say, all Buddha Tathagatas manifest Dharma bliss, the original source, and renew their magnificence in the awakening of the way. Furthermore, all beings in the world of phenomena in the ten directions and the six paths, including the three lower paths, at once obtain pure body and mind realize the state of great emancipation and manifest the original face. In Zazen, you invariably drop away body and mind, cut through fragmented concepts and thoughts from the past and realize the essential Buddha Dharma. You cultivate Buddha activity in innumerable practice places of Buddha Tathagatas everywhere 
provide the opportunity for everyone to engage in ongoing Buddhahood and vigorously uplift the Dharma of going beyond Buddha. The realm of self-awakening and awakening of others invariably holds the mark of realization with nothing lacking and realization itself is manifested without ceasing for a moment. Each moment of zazen equally the wholeness of realization. So uh, this zazen that um, Bodhidharma brought to China and Dogen brought to Japan and uh, teachers have brought here uh, help us to experience this realization of uh, the Buddha Dharma. In our Zazen practice, often people, um, uh, it is suggested to settle the mind. It's helpful to watch our breath. And yet that is watching, um, we can watch our breath um, to, um, when our, our thoughts are consuming us, it helps to just watch our immediate breath to quell the thoughts. Watching our breath is also, um, it's a kind of concentration which is a little different than meditation. So uh, Zazen is considered an objectless uh, meditation where we just sit and be awake and aware. We can use concentration to help focus our mind, uh, bring our mind together so that we can then awaken to this just state of being, just conscious state of being of, with the thought of no thought, with um, an expansive mind that is available to everyone. Dogen had a, a pretty good clue about uh, the way the mind he talks about here, I'm going to read further, he says, um, The disciples of the Buddha should learn just the Buddha Dharma. Furthermore, we should remember that from the beginning we have never lacked the supreme state of bodhi, of this uh, consciousness, and we will receive it and use it forever. At the same time, because we cannot perceive it directly, much like gravity, how do you, you know, how do we perceive gravity? Though because we cannot perceive it directly, we are prone to beget random intellectual ideas. And because we chase after these as if they were real things, we vainly pass by the great state of truth. From these intellectual ideas emerge all sorts of flowers in space. We think about the 12-fold cycle, the 25 spheres of existence, ideas of the three vehicles, 
and the five vehicles. I think about a lot more things than just that. Or of having Buddha nature and not having Buddha nature. All these thoughts are endless. We should not think that the learning of these intellectual ideas is the right path of Buddha practice. When we solely sit in Zazen, on the other hand, relying now on exactly the same posture as the Buddha and letting go of the myriad things, then we go beyond the areas of delusion, realization, emotion, consideration, and we are not concerned about the ways of the common and the sacred. At once we are roaming outside the intellectual frame and receiving and using the great state of Bodhi. How could those caught up in, in the trap of words compare with this? So I, um, I just wanted to um, speak again about just Zazen as pure practice, as a pure practice that we engage in to experience the vast awareness that is available to uh, each of us. And so uh, I just hope each, each of you can find uh, um, place and space to take this time to, to just sit upright, to, to sit and experience gravity, and also know that um, this gravity that we get to experience every single instant has not been figured out. In a way, that's a real delight. So I want to open it up to uh, see if I've touched on anything that might have come to anybody to contribute to this. Yes, Hogan. A few things that you opened with um, referring to a, a current event and not knowing what to say about it. The most powerful thing I've seen said about things of this nature around here is to um, take the time to ensure that we put the names of those, um, especially those who are thought to be the perpetrators, we put them on the altar. We keep the person that was driven to um, such insanity in our hearts, as well as the folks that um, were subject to their wrath or to their their actions. That's the most powerful thing, it's a very powerful thing to me to and challenging for me also to say, remember once we put up a bunch of names for an incident like this and someone said, hey, what about the trigger man? And I thought, the trigger man? No. And I thought, yeah, of course, we must. Um, and then moving mm -hmm. on, a couple of other things came to mind as you were speaking. I loved looking at gravity and um, your description of how vanishingly small a force it is yet um, reminded me of when I look at my small self, my 
you know, this little personal body that I feel like I inhabit. It's a vanishingly small part of the rest of the universe that certainly is me also. Yet it's the thing that seems so obvious. It's so obvious. Just like gravity. You, know, just, you talk to a person and say, what about gravity? And they describe gravity. Well, what's to describe? It's so obvious. It's happening all the time. Mm -hmm. I feel it on my feet. I feel it as I try to get out of a chair. I, li I like the parallel between those two things. And then one of the last things you said it was about vast awareness. Perhaps that was a quote of Dogen? The vast awareness that we might find in uh, Zazen practice. And, it, and I heard a voice that said, um, perhaps stop, stop, be careful to not look for a vast awareness, to just love and cherish the awareness that I can sense mm -hmm. right here and right now. Mm -hmm. That's, that mm -hmm. seems like the path to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Hogan. Uh, yeah, the uh, awareness can be quite minuscule, and even that is useful. Um, awareness can be quite local. But sometimes in sitting with that, um, that awareness, it And you look for the boundary of it, an edge to it. It's never there. Yeah. Kind of like gravity. <laughs> Where's the edge of that? Yeah. You know. And I'm so glad that it hasn't been figured out yet. <laughs> or maybe it won't matter even if it ever is figured out. As far as your first point about remembering the perpetrator, the gunman, the one with all these emotions of hatred and confusion and willing to be violent, it's... Um, almost want to not want to give them any attention. Um, they're bad for having created such harm, and yet obviously they're disturbed and delusional in their firm convictions that they move against others with. So I'll amend my beginning to include those that pull the trigger and embark on this. Um, and there have been over 250 mass shootings already this year. And that's more than there are days of the year so far.
just in our this country. So how do we pursue the truth? How do we pursue this, um, this practice in the midst of that too? Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by Jokoji Zen Center. Our Dharma talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information about Jikoji, please visit us on the web at jikoji.org.